Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Angela E, Jolie R, Leonard L, Jody F, and Rodney T for your donations to the channel. If you're interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. The Global Elites plan is to throw the world into an abyss of despair so they can become our saviors who will take good care of us. No debt, no need, no worries, but also no possessions, no privacy, no rights, no freedom, no voice. Those that are aware of the mechanisms unfolding in America today see a potentially deadly situation beginning to unfold. The talk of detention camps and foreign soldiers being prepositioned, the Stalinist purge of many top-ranking military officers, and arming of government agencies to insane levels, the slow deterioration of our industrial capability and ability of families to feed themselves the erosion of civil liberties, and government attacks on patriotic Americans. For those who think that a financial collapse causing the loss of their savings and livelihood are the worst that could happen, they might want to consider this possibility. Far from resulting in permanent planetary lockdown, this misstep will cost them their monopoly over government credit and result in a rebirth of freedom. There is no way the human race is going to accept toxic puncture modalities smothering their faces and social distancing indefinitely. Once the next flu season arrives and people realize this is never going to end, they will rise up against the traitors who have inflicted so much needless damage and death on millions of people. In fact, there will most certainly be additional threats and multifaceted attacks on the psyche of the American public. Each step of this process will bring more suffering, more misery, and more carnage. This is the nature of the ruling beast, and if their campaign is successful, the people will become easier to control as time passes. Destroy the economy of every nation on earth, plunge humanity into despair and poverty, and then offer their solution. The Great Reset The essence of this Great Reset is that all debt of every human would be canceled, which would save us from the financial devastation resulting from the lockdowns. Having all your debt canceled surely sounds like a wonderful solution. Thank you, globalist elite. However, it comes with a price tag. In return for this financial rescue, everyone would have to give up all private property. From that moment on, nobody would own anything, and we would all rent everything, cars, houses, etc. The mind behind this plan is Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, which is working closely with the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the European Union, the United Nations, and other globalist entities. Schwab has become a key player in the globalist movement, steering most nations and industries toward this agenda. 
He welcomes globalist world leaders every year in the renowned World Economic Forum conferences in Davos, Switzerland. So, what I am telling you here is no weird fairy tale. It, it is fact. This notorious leader of the globalist elite released a video with the presentation of their plans, and he literally says, you will own nothing and you will be happy. Yeah, right? While they will own everything, how will they do it? Easy. They will put the world into a virtual reality they can't get out of. Listen as I explain how this will happen. It's been a few weeks since celebrity whistleblower Frances Hoggins stepped into the spotlight to admonish Facebook for failing to protect the public from what she was calling misinformation. While Hogan continues on her global corporate media-backed campaign against the tech platform Facebook, Inc. has conveniently rebranded itself as Meta and aims to build a metaverse ecosystem, the scale of which we have never seen before. A metaverse is a shared virtual 3D world which is interactive, immersive, and collaborative. Meta's meta-universe, or metaverse, will not be the first 3D world brought into existence, though it will certainly be the most all-encompassing thanks to leaps in technology made since the turn of the century. Not to mention the manpower and funding that Meta can afford to put into such a pioneering project. Just how all-encompassing are we talking If we examine what was presented by Mark Zuckerberg when he introduced the world to his idea for the metaverse at the end of last month, we are looking at a total perversion of reality. This is one of the so-called elite's favorite tricks to play on humanity. They occult what is real and sell us back a fake version. While they eat organic, the masses are fed GMOs. During a supposed pandemic, they jet off around the world while telling you to stay at home. Their children receive classical educations at secluded private academies while kids in Baltimore pass through metal detectors to enter their public schools where they are only taught obedience and compliance. And this is precisely what will happen to those who enter Meta's metaverse, as outlined by Zuckerberg himself. Just a few snapshots from the hour-and-a-half-long presentation reveal plans to transform reality into a low-resolution, cartoonish alternative universe, a new opiate for the masses. Throughout the video, Zuckerberg talks about how you can do all this and more in the metaverse. The obvious truth is that you will not be in the metaverse. You will be on your couch with a VR headset strapped to your head while the real world happens just beyond the confines of this augmented fairy tale. Anyone in the metaverse will simply be conditioning themselves to accept the simulation as reality while the living, breathing world ceases to be lived in. This is just another shiny distraction for the masses, which will allow the so-called elite to take more of the planet for themselves. While the public is conditioned to attend meetings in virtual reality, the Davos crowd will still board their private planes for their annual meeting in Switzerland. 
The rich and famous will not be attending galas in the metaverse. They will be parading down red carpets as they always have. Wall Street executives aren't going to turn in their memberships at the country club when they can just hit the links online instead. Mark Zuckerberg will not be selling his sprawling Hawaiian estate in lieu of experiencing tropical paradise through the lens of an Oculus headset. There are many other avenues that can be taken when dissecting the Zuckerberg video. Over the course of the presentation, there are grand promises of economic prosperity and total privacy that that could be dissected for the lies that they surely are. About 10 minutes of the video details how bodily functions and biometrics will be harvested to make the metaverse feel real. This will be covered many times over by many people in due time, and this coverage will make for important content for the few people who choose to consume it. Perhaps, however, we can make all of that time and devotion unnecessary by staying focused on seeing the metaverse for what it is, an occulted reality. The next step is to avoid it at all costs. If the total scam that is the last 20 months has shown us anything, it is that we can lose so much so quickly by allowing people who don't care about us to dictate reality. And at this point, they are emboldened enough to push the metaverse agenda, which could swallow everything whole. Life is far too precious to allow this to happen. The term metaverse, like the term meritocracy, was coined in a sci-fi dystopia novel written as a cautionary tale. Then techies took metaverse and technocrats took meritocracy and enthusiastically adopted what was meant to inspire horror. And this was coined by Antonio Garcia Martinez. Welcome to the Matrix, otherwise the metaverse. Where reality is virtual, freedom is only as free as one's technological overlords allow, and artificial intelligence is slowly rendering humanity unnecessary, inferior, and obsolete. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, sees this digital universe, the metaverse, as the next step in our evolutionary transformation from a human-driven society to a technological one. Yet, while Zuckerberg's vision for this digital frontier has been met with a certain degree of skepticism, the truth, as journalist Antonio Garcia Martinez concludes, is that we're already living in the metaverse. The metaverse is, in turn, a dystopian meritocracy where freedom is a conditional construct based on one's worthiness and compliance. In meritocracy... Rights or privileges afforded to those who have earned them. There can be no tolerance for independence or individuality in a meritocracy where political correctness is formalized, legalized, and institutionalized. Likewise, there can be no true freedom when the ability to express oneself, move about, engage in commerce, and function in society is predicated on the extent to which you are willing to fit in. We are almost at that stage now. 
Consider that in our present virtue-signaling world where fascism disguises itself as tolerance, the only way to enjoy even a semblance of freedom is by opting to voluntarily censor yourself, comply, conform, and march in lockstep with whatever prevailing views dominate. Fail to do so? By daring to expose dangerous ideas or support unpopular political movements? You will find yourself shut out of commerce, employment, and society. Facebook will ban you. Twitter will shut you down. Instagram will deplatform you. And your employer will issue ultimatums that force you to choose between your so-called freedoms and economic survival. This is exactly how corporate America plans to groom us for a world in which we, the people, are unthinking, unresistant, slavishly obedient automatons in bondage to a deep state policed by computer algorithms. Science fiction has become fact. Twenty-some years after the Wachowski's iconic film, The Matrix, introduced us to a futuristic world in which humans exist in a computer, simulated non-reality powered by authoritarian machines, a world where the choice between existing in a denial-ridden virtual dream, state, or facing up to the harsh, difficult realities of life comes down to a blue pill or a red pill. We stand at the precipice of a technologically dominated matrix of our own making. We are living the prequel to the matrix with each passing day, falling further under the spell of technologically driven virtual communities, virtual realities, and virtual conveniences managed by artificially intelligent machines that are on a fast track to replacing human beings and eventually dominating every aspect of our lives. In The Matrix, computer programmer Thomas Anderson, also known as Hacker Neo, is wakened from a virtual slumber by Morpheus, a freedom fighter seeking to liberate humanity from a lifelong hibernation state imposed by hyper-advanced artificial intelligence machines that rely on humans as an organic power source. With their minds plugged into a perfectly crafted virtual reality, few humans ever realize they are living in an artificial dream world. Neo is given a choice to take the red pill, wake up and join the resistance, or take the blue pill, remain asleep and serve as fodder for the powers that be. Most people opt for the blue pill. In our case, the blue pill, a one-way ticket to a life sentence in an electronic concentration camp, has been honey-coated to hide the bitter aftertaste sold to us in the name of expediency and delivered by way of blazingly fast internet, cell phone signals that never drop a call, thermostats that keep us at the perfect temperature without our having to raise a finger, and entertainment that can be simultaneously streamed to our TVs, tablets, and cell phones. Yet we are not merely enthralled with these technologies that were intended to make our lives easier. We have become enslaved by them. Look around you. Everywhere you turn, people are so addicted to their internet-connected screen devices, smartphones, tablets, computers, televisions, 
that they can go for hours at a time submerged in a virtual world where human interaction is filtered through the medium of technology. This is not freedom. This is not even progress. This is technological tyranny, an iron-fisted control delivered by way of the surveillance state, corporate giants, and government spy agencies, such as the National Security Agency. So consumed are we with availing ourselves of all the latest technologies that we have spared barely a thought for the ramifications of our heedless, headlong stumble towards a world in which our abject reliance on internet-connected gadgets and gizmos is grooming us for a future in which freedom is an illusion. Yet, it's not just freedom that hangs in the balance. Humanity itself is on the line. If ever Americans find themselves in bondage to technological tyrants, we have only ourselves to blame for having forged the chains through our own lassitude and laziness, really, and abject reliance on the internet-connected gadgets and gizmos that render us wholly irrelevant. Indeed, we're fast approaching Philip K. Dick's vision of the future as depicted in the film Minority Report. There, police agencies apprehend criminals before they can commit a crime. Driverless cars populate the highways, and a person's biometrics are constantly scanned and used to track their movements, target them for advertising, and keep them under perpetual surveillance. Cue the dawning of the age of the Internet of Things. Internet-connected things monitor your home, your health, and your habits in order to keep your pantry stocked, your utilities regulated, and your life under control and relatively worry-free. The key word here, however, is control. It's in the not-too-distant future, just about every device you have, and even products like chairs that you don't normally expect to see technology in, will be connected and talking to each other. By the end of 2018, there were an estimated 22 billion Internet of Things connected devices in use around the world. Forecasts suggest that by 2030, around 50 billion of these Internet of Things devices will be in use around the world, creating a massive web of interconnected devices spanning everything from smartphones to kitchen appliances. As the technologies powered Uh, powering these devices have become increasingly sophisticated. They've also become increasingly widespread, encompassing everything from toothbrushes and light bulbs to cars, smart meters, and medical equipment. It is estimated that 127 new Internet of Things devices are connected to the web every second. This connected industry has become the next big social transformation right up there with the Industrial Revolution a watershed moment in technology and culture. Between driverless cars that are completely lacking a steering wheel, accelerator, or brake pedal, and smart pills embedded with computer chips, sensors, cameras, and robots, we are poised to outpace the imaginations of science fiction writers such as Philip K. Dick and Isaac Asimov. By the way, there is no such thing as a driverless car. Someone or something will be driving, but it won't be you. These internet-connected techno-gadgets include smart light bulbs that discourage burglars by making your house look occupied, 
smart thermostats that regulate the temperature of your home based on your activities and smart doorbells that let you see who is at your front door without leaving the comfort of your couch. Nest. This is Google's suite of smart home products, and that has been at the forefront of the connected industry with such technology-savvy conveniences as a smart lock that tells your thermostat who is home, what temperatures they like, and when your home is unoccupied. A home phone service system that interacts with your connected devices to learn when you come and go and alert you if your kids don't come home. And a sleep system that will monitor when you fall asleep when you wake up and keep the house noises and temperature in a sleep-conducive state. The aim of these internet-connected devices as nests proclaims is to make your house a more thoughtful and conscious home. For example, your car can signal ahead that you're on your way home while hue lights can flash on and off and get your attention if Nest Protect senses something is wrong. Your coffee maker relying on data from fitness and sleep sensors will brew a stronger pot of coffee for you if you've had a restless night. Yet, given the speed and trajectory at which these technologies are developing, it won't be long before these devices are operating entirely independent of their human creators, which poses a whole new set of worries. As technology expert Nicholas Carr notes, As soon as you allow robots or software programs to act freely in the world, they're going to run up against ethically fraught situations and face hard choices that can't be resolved through statistical models. That will be true of self-driving cars, self-flying drones, and battlefield robots, just as it's already true on a lesser scale with automated vacuum cleaners and lawnmowers. For instance, just as the robotic vacuum Roomba makes no distinction between a dust bunny and an insect, Weaponized drones will be incapable of distinguishing between a fleeing criminal and someone merely jogging down the street. For that matter, how do you defend yourself against a robotic cop, such as the Atlas android being developed by the Pentagon? This has been programmed to respond to any perceived threat with violence. Moreover, it's not just our homes and personal devices that are being reordered and reimagined in this connected age. It's our workplaces, our health systems, our government, our bodies, and our innermost thoughts that are being plugged into a matrix over which we have no real control. It is expected that by 2030 we will all experience the Internet of Senses. Enabled by artificial intelligence, virtual reality, augmented reality, 5G, and automation. The Internet of Senses relies on connected technology interacting with our senses of sight, sound, taste, smell, and touch by way of the brain as the user interface. As journalist Susan Fortain explains, Many predict that by 2030, the lines between thinking and doing will blur. 59% of consumers believe that we will be able to see map routes on VR glasses by simply thinking of a destination. By 2030, technology is set to respond to our thoughts and even share them with others. 
Using the brain as an interface could mean the end of keyboards, mice game controllers, and ultimately users' interfaces for any digital device. The user needs to only think about the commands, and they will just happen. Smartphones could even function without touchscreens. In other words, the Internet of Senses will rely on technology being able to access and act on your thoughts. Fortane outlined several trends related to the Internet of Senses that are expected to become a reality by 2030. Thoughts become action using the brain as the interface. For example, users will be able to see uh, map routes on the VR glasses by simply thinking of the destination, like I said earlier. Sounds will become an extension of the devised virtual reality, and users can mimic anybody else's voice realistically enough to fool even family members. Real food will become secondary to imagined taste. A sensory device for your mouth could digitally enhance anything you eat so that any food can taste like your favorite treat. Smells will become a projection of this virtual reality so that virtual visits to forests or the countryside, for instance, would include experiencing all the natural smells of those places. Total touch. Yep. Smartphones with screens will convey the shape and texture of the digital icons and buttons they are pressing. Merged reality. VR game worlds will become indistinguishable from physical reality by 2030. Can you see how dangerous all of this is? This is the metaverse wrapped up in the siren song of convenience and sold to us as the secret to success, entertainment, and happiness. It's a false promise, a wicked trap to ensnare us with a single objective, total control. George Orwell understood this. Orwell's masterpiece, 1984, portrays a global society of total control in which people are not allowed to have thoughts that in any way disagree with the corporate state. There is no personal freedom, and advanced technology has become the driving force behind a surveillance-driven society. Snitchers and cameras are everywhere, and people are subject to the thought police who deal with anyone guilty of thought crimes. The government, our party, is headed by Big Brother, who appears on posters everywhere with the words, Big Brother is watching you. The Eric Blair Diaries, total control over every aspect of our lives, right down to our inner thoughts, is the objective of any totalitarian regime. The metaverse is just Big Brother in disguise. I strongly encourage each of you to watch Metaverse in the Book of Revelation by Dr. Gene Kim on his YouTube channel, Real Bible Believers. And you can also find the link to his video. It's going to be on my website, annapurdue.com. And as always, on the, my blog, all the links that I narrate from, I keep them now within the body of my text. So you can find them right there, or you can also go down. I number my paragraphs 
based on the links that are in there. So you can find them two ways. You can scroll all the way to the bottom and, and find the link that way, or you can also find them within my text. And that's at annapurdue.com. But back to Dr. Kim's video. In this video, he discusses ESS iron. And this is a type of battery that may be a possibility for keeping the Internet of Things and all power in operation once the reset is in full swing. Dr. Kim proposed the idea that Metaverse may indeed use ESS Iron as their power source. And he brings to our attention that Bill Gates is the power broker behind the ESS Iron batteries. Currently at the top of the stock, one will find Metaverse. And next in line, they will see ESS Iron. Recently, in a CNBC interview, ESS CEO Eric Dresselheis said ESS is trying to solve a critical problem with renewable energy. How to store energy from wind and solar installations when the wind isn't blowing and the sun isn't shining. The company's proposed solution is long-duration energy storage batteries made from iron, salt, and water, which are much cheaper and more readily available than the elements used in batteries today, such as lithium and cobalt. ESS's early momentum attracted $57 million in investments from powerful backers, including Bill Gates. Can you see what is happening here? All the same players, all the same people, with the intent to enslave humanity.